This is the Punk Show Podcast. Hello. Hi, Peter. Yeah, hi. How are you doing? Hi. It's Jay- I'm okay. <laughs> Good. It's uh, Jason calling from Victoria, BC. Yeah, hi. Um, How are you? I'm doing great. I'm glad I got through. It's always a little bit uh, stressful for me dialing the UK because there's so many numbers and I always think I'm going to get it wrong. Uh, you got it right. <laughs> uh, thank you for taking the time, man. I really appreciate it. You're, you're welcome. Well, let's talk about the new yeah. album first and then we'll get to the other, the okay. other stuff here in a minute. Yeah. Um, so, okay. first of all, you're on a new label. That's uh, That's... Exciting, I guess. So how did that uh, come about? Um, our manager, um, I think, met the boss of Nuclear Blast. I can't remember whether it was a golf tournament or a um, record business meeting. It was one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, they got talking, and it just so happens that the, the top guy at Nuclear Blast is a Test Tube Babies fan. Oh, nice. And at that time, <clears throat> we were without a record company, and they managed to sort out, sort it all out together, the two of them. Okay. They're very lucky, really. All right. Was there, there wasn't like a falling out with the previous label? Not um, no, no, not a falling out. Well, I was very, very unhappy with the way they marketed the last album. I mean, it is... The writing was on the wall when they couldn't even get the sleeve printed properly. Oh. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I've actually been very, very depressed, really, about some of the record companies we've worked with. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, just not well, getting, that's not... in the past now, because yeah. because the Rising Empire, which is this new um, arm of uh, nuclear blast, are fantastic. It's like, this is the record company I wanted 30 years ago. <laughs> Right. Well, I guess it's better better late than never. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. The album is called "That Shallot" or "Shallot." I don't know. How, uh, we pronounce "shallot" over here. Um, I'm curious about the uh, title. Shallot. Shallot. That's a shallot. That shallot. Yeah. So is it just like a little play on words kind of a thing? I was trying to figure out what it meant. It is a play on <laughs> words. Yeah, that's like it's supposed to be. That's your lot. That's shallot. Uh, Gotcha, okay. It's actually my idea. I thought, um, I used to do a lot of local crewing, you know, setting up, uh, unloading the trucks and setting up the, the gear for all the bands and exhibitions and conferences. Yeah. And I always thought that shallot would be a good name for a catering company. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and then when it came, when we were all in the studio writing songs and right, now we've got to start thinking about an album title and you know this can be a very very long process and then I came up with that and immediately everyone said brilliant <laughs> I can believe it it was the quickest album title decision ever oh great okay I love the cover yeah too. so everyone, everyone sorry I said I love the cover too just a simple it's a just a picture of a shallot I love <laughs> it's so minimalist I love it I agree. Just three things. It's great. It's, you know, so simple. You're, you're right. I mean, when I said that shallot, our drummer, who's always online, always, yeah. he, within about 30 seconds, he held up a picture on his phone of a shallot, and he said, what, like this? And basically, it's not the exact same one. We couldn't use the same one because that was like the photograph was owned by someone else. Mm-hmm. So eventually we had to 
our manager's brother-in-law, I think, took the picture of an actual shallot, but it was pretty much what we saw on, online that day. And we just decided there and then. I was really surprised at how quick we decided um, what the title would be and then how quick we decided on the actual design. It was There was a bit of, bit of arguing about the colour of the... Um, of the logo, mm-hmm. normally it's in pink, but I thought because the shallot was sort of a purpley colour that it would be better green. So it, eventually we all decided on, on right. the sleeve, yeah, and I, I think it's good. Yeah, it really, I it. it is. It's, it's striking. It's got a really, it's a really good image. I like, and I, I agree with you, that minimalist thing appeals to me. There's just, just, it's just a picture of a shallot, just exactly like it says. Um, Simple, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, okay, so you've released two singles now from this album. Um, the first one was uh, yeah. None of Your Fucking Business, which is a great tune, um, and uh, I'll talk about that in a sec. The latest one, though, Crap Californian Punk Band, uh, is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I know that there's a little bit of a... You've, you've put the video out now just in the last week or so. Um, there's a yeah. story there. Now, you guys aren't actually in the video, right? Mm, well, me and Derek make cameos in it. Yes, you're in drag, I believe. And the businessmen. Oh yes, okay, right. <laughs> um, I got to ask you, like, is that song? Are you just kind of taking the piss for fun, or is there actually like a serious bone of contention with, with for you with this? Like, as far as the cal- well, to be honest, that song is actually I actually wrote that probably twenty years ago. Oh, okay. It's a really old song, um, and it was written as you probably guessed, in response to this sudden influx 20 years ago of suddenly these sort of what I would call boy punk bands on MTV. Right. And it just seemed that, to me, somebody somewhere, maybe a record company or a business, was going, oh, we need our own punk band. (laughs) Let's, um, as the lyrics say, let's get some pretty boys and make a band. Right. And that's... And not, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the names of the bands I'm thinking about, but <laughs> there were, there's two bands that have numbers in their title. Ah, yes, American bands that I'm sure you can you can think of that seem to me to fit that bill exactly. And there's there was there's many others, and it just seemed that to me that's that that time. There were bands being manufactured and put on MTV as a punk band. Were they really punk? They just looked it. Yeah. And it was all, it seemed very manufactured to me. Yeah, and I don't think you're alone on that thought. Uh, in fact, if if you're if the two bands with the numbers in them that you're referring to are the bands I think you're referring to, them one of, one of them is actually a Canadian yeah. band. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but it's funny you, you you say that, but then when you look at the videos. It all looks so sunny, and everyone's so fit, and all the girls look so fantastic. It, it always strikes me as everyone's trying to look as though they're in California on the beach. Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, now, Lars Fredrickson from Rancid is makes sort of a cameo at the end of the video, and I you seem seem to have a mask of him floating around in the video, if I'm not mistaken. He, he sings on the record. He actually sings on the record. Oh, he, okay. Uh, yeah, he sings every other line. I didn't even realize that. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm, yeah, yeah, no, I'm old friends with Lars, Lars for a long, long time. <clears throat> In fact, the story goes that um, at one of our gigs a long time ago, he came to in San Francisco, and I think it might have been a GBH gig, actually, mm-hmm. 
And I happened to be there. I was probably only about 20 at the time, so he must have only been about 10 or something. <laughs> and I think he, at some point, I hoisted him onto my shoulders as a little kid. Really? And um, we were on stage singing a GBH song, or at least I was singing, or something Something happened. He, he, to be honest, I don't actually remember it, but he, he has told me about it, and he's written about it as well as a response to the, to the single. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, ever since then, he's uh, obviously had a bit of a soft spot for the test tubes, and then maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago or something at Rebellion Festival. Right. I finally met him, and uh, we got talking, and we got on, we get on really, really well, really well. You know, I would say Lars is a, is a good friend of mine. Oh, that's great. Um, okay, so let, let's talk about the thing that you're probably tired as hell of talking about, but I mean, it has to be it has to be talked about. <laughs> what? So, and in fact, let me let me preface this by saying something. I'm Canadian, and uh, I every five years I have to renew a waiver form for my for my ability to travel the United States because of a possession of marijuana charge that I got in Canada 27 years ago. Yeah. So 27 years ago, I got caught with a joint here in Victoria, and because of that, I have to spend about $1,000 every five years just to get just to have permission to travel to the United States. It's, uh, so I, I can relate to going through uh, issues with customs and having, uh, you know, <laughs> getting bent over and all that kind of thing. So I, I'm, what exactly happened? Sorry, what, what, what? Well, what, what exactly happened? I mean, we've seen the stories that you were, you were trying to get down to San well, Francisco. Well, okay, right. Well, what, what really happened is obviously uh, we went to America. We was only one gig. We didn't have work permits. <clears throat> um, we all flew in. We f- didn't fly in together. Right. We didn't take guitars. We, you know, tried to black it as tourists and... Unfortunately, on this occasion, I got found out. Right, but they did. Uh... Now what? Now, mm-hmm. sorry. Whilst I was, um... yeah. So at the gate, you know, as you're coming through into, you know, the first guy that you see, he said, "Well, you're not going." He said, "You've got to go down to that office." Pointed to an office. So I went to the office, and over the course of the next six hours, um, they did find pictures of me <laughs> dressed as Donald Trump and videos of me. Maybe that, maybe the actual guys there thought it was amusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that isn't the reason why I didn't get in. It, that just came up. Right. The reason I didn't get in is because I didn't have the right, right visa. When we got back to England, or when I got back to England, I spoke to our manager about it, and we wrote a press release... Uh, which the record company released, and during the and in the press release it actually says that during the course of the six hours I was confronted with videos and images of myself dressed as Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and that was it. Now it doesn't actually say that was the reason I got banned or refused entry. However, the journalists all picked it up, put two and two together, and came up with eleven. So this and is fake news then. How it, how it spun out of control. But hey, you know, why well, let the truth get in the way of a good story? <laughs> exactly, right? Well, this is the world we live in now. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, 
I'm sorry to hear that that happened. That must have not been fun. Um, and of course, in- no, no. Well, actually, no. I, in 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 light of all the publicity we've had, I'm, I'm actually glad it happened. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's. In true. fact, I'm thinking. To, I'm thinking of sending the uh, the officer in charge of the case who you know detained me. I'm thinking of sending me a t-shirt. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I guess that's a good point. A lot of people who maybe maybe have never heard of the test tube babies before now, you know, you're a little more of a household name. It's great. Well, you yeah. know, for, for, it was funny. It was good actually because I was away. I was working at Rebellion Festival when this this story broke. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't have people. I mean, where I live, my neighbours have said, "Oh, you had people coming to your door a lot while you were away." I can only assume they were journalists. Yeah. But fortunately, I was away working, so it all went on uh, without people um, beating a path to my door. But it was quite intense for like four or five days. So, are you? Are but you? Brilliant! What, what great publicity! No kidding, right? I mean, that is that's a very good point. Uh, now, are you able to st- to travel to the U.S. in the future, or do you have? Is there, is there like a period of time well, now? Um, since then, I've had a few, uh, as you can imagine, I've had a few American companies who deal and specialize in getting people visas. They've all been writing me emails. So I'm sure there are people out there who want to take my money and <laughs> assure me that I can get back into America. But I don't know. Oh. I, who, who knows? You know, I think, I think Trump has actually really made it more difficult for people to come in. Yeah. And maybe I'm now going to be on some sort of list. Yeah. You know, after all this publicity. Although, surprisingly, there was nothing stamped in my passport, which I thought was quite surprising. Hmm. Well, um, you know... Um, So, honestly, I really don't know. It was funny, at the time, at the time when I was being interviewed... Uh, because they held me there for lots, for so long and they actually still had me believing that I might be allowed in. They didn't say immediately, you can't come in. The, the guy was writing a report, sending me back to a waiting area, getting me back in to answer questions, more photographs, more fingerprints, bringing me, and then sending me back. And I was in and out, in and out of this guy's office. And um, <clears throat> eventually he said, right, the decision has been made that on this sale, on this um, occasion, you will be denied entry into America, mm-hmm. and blah, 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 blah. Should you ever wish to um, come again? I said, let me stop you there. You can stuff your fucking country up your fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I said. And he sort of laughed, and he said, yeah, you all say that. <laughs> Which I thought was a brilliant comeback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. So, you know... <laughs> I was so pissed off at the time because I was still thinking I could get my next flight. I was supposed to be flying to Los Angeles, right? And the other, and and obviously I missed my flight, and so I was a little bit pissed off. I couldn't make my flight, and at that time I was the well, to be honest, fuck America. I'm never going there again. Yeah. Obviously, since then I've sort of mellowed out a bit, and we are we were supposed to be playing a punk rock bowling this year, but um, for reasons that. Well, it's too complicated. We can make it. So uh, we hope hope to be invited to play next year. But of course, now following all this stuff, is anyone going to take a risk on paying for my flight up front if I can't get in? Yeah, That's right. A problem. 
Um, well, I will tell you, I, I went to punk rock bowling this year for the first time, and it was uh, really, really fun. So I hope you do make it next year because I'm going to go again. It's supposed to be like the 20th anniversary. Did you, go to the Did you go to any pool parties? You know what? I I didn't actually. Um, the pool parties were crazy, and they were like you had to get there hours early to get in and they were they were they were really really busy and and chaotic and i was hung well over. we we did play there we did play punk rock bowling um it must have been last year 2015 i think oh okay. or, no hold on 16. uh it must have been 2015 yeah it was uh the year before last it was it like you just said it was amazing yeah it was absolutely amazing it was my first time in in Las Vegas, and <clears throat> when we arrived, we were only due to play on the main stage. Uh, in the morning, uh, we got a phone call saying somebody had pulled out from one of the pool parties would be be interested in doing it. And right. we basically bit, the, <laughs> bit his hand off and said, yeah, of course we'd do it. <laughs> and we played, we played on the hotel, on the roof of the hotel, and but the word got out that people in the test were playing, and in the end, they had to do a one one in one out policy. They had to get loads of security up there because there was so many. You couldn't even see the pool. Right. I mean, the whole roof. <laughs> there must have been close to a thousand people on the roof. That's awesome. Yeah. It was amazing. And then you know, a few hours later, we just sort of walked down to the main stage. It was only like five minutes walk, and played there again. It was it was brilliant. So. I would love to play again, but like I said, it all depends on whether I can get back into the country or not. Right. Okay. Well, let's 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 hope for that because uh, I would like a fingers are crossed. Yeah, absolutely. I would love an opportunity to see you guys live, which I had never had. Have, did have you played? You must have played Western Canada in the past. Yes. Yeah. yeah um, in fact, we played uh, in 2014. I think we were there and did some Halloween shows. Oh, okay. Did Montreal, uh, Quebec, and somewhere else. I can't remember. All right. Yeah, we we played on Halloween. It was good, actually. Um, we have played in Canada at least twice now. Okay. I was going to ask you, like, we, I don't want to talk too much about politics and stuff like that, but it is interesting to me, just you know, the 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 culture we live in right now. You're in the UK. I'm in Canada. So we're looking at the US from outside of the U.S., and, and I think we all have kind of similar views of what's going on. But, you know, you lived through the Thatcher days and the Reagan days, and, you know, we're singing about all that kind of stuff and and uh, rebelling against it or whatever. Uh, you know, is this... Have we been here before as far as just how insane I think, I everything is? we have. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, as you were saying those names, I was thinking, well, it's, it's very similar. You know, we sort of went past Reagan and Thatcher to more uh, milder times, more sort of uh, times, more liberal times. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Don't you think that we're slipping back into more right-wing times now? It certainly seems that way, yeah. Yeah. It seems that way to me as well. I mean, especially with this Brexit vote that we had in England. Right. It seems very... Mm, it seems uh, we are so against it. I actually wrote a song against it. Yeah. Um, uh, we maybe that we didn't never got round to recording it, but we are so against this Brexit thing. We we want to stay. We want to remain. Yeah. But unfortunately, 
<clears throat> we had a referendum in our country and the majority of the people voted to leave, so we need to respect that, I guess. Yeah, and it's it's odd and and disturbing a little bit. It seems like we're going backwards in a lot of ways. Like you say, you know, the majority of people in the UK voted for that. Well, apparently, the majority of people in the US voted Trump in. So it's 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 mind boggling. Exactly. So what does it say about the majority of the people? And and it's funny. Maybe it's because maybe it's who we surround ourselves with as you know as more liberal left leaning people. But it just it's like I I never. It doesn't make any sense to me because the, the majority of people that I've ever talked to or seen or hear about or in media. It, People don't think that way. Do you know what I mean? So where are these people coming from? <laughs> it's, it's, it's... Most of the people at the time of this Brexit vote that I knew and I talked to, they were the same size as me. They wanted to, to remain in Europe. Yeah. And then it was such a big shock when uh, I was... I, I, I My girlfriend lives in Germany and I flew back from Germany specifically to vote in this referendum. Um, for one reason or another, I wasn't allowed to vote, which really pissed me off. Oh, okay. uh, so I couldn't vote. And then the, the following morning when the results were coming through, I got up really early and all the results were coming through from the different areas and I couldn't believe my eyes or my ears. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Then I went back to Germany about two days later and I just felt as if everybody was looking at me in a different way. I think the problem here and, and with America is... Uh, Mm, at the risk of pissing people off, mm. I would say maybe maybe the majority are not as well educated as we would like to hope. Do you are you optimistic as far as um, you know? Are we going to get through all of this and maybe come back to a more sensible time when uh, where, where things aren't seeming as, as it's hard to be optimistic mm. at the moment with all this shit going on in North Korea, yeah. especially with Trump. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little bit worried, to be honest. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. Yeah. Yeah. Are so, you? Yeah, I'm not optimistic at all. Are you a family guy? Do you have kids? I, I, I mean, I don't want to get. I'm not going to ask. I you do people. have kids, yeah. but I'm separated um, from the mothers, so I don't actually live with my children, although I see them all the time. Right. I I have one son, and it's like it's you know not to get too you know, too negative or whatever. But yeah, this, all this North Korea stuff, it's disturbing, you know, and you worry about the future. You really do. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, let's get on to something maybe a little happier. So are you still an English teacher as well? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, In fact, I had a student here uh, in July, um, a skinhead girl. Oh. He came here. A German uh, skinhead girl who who actually was an English who actually is an English translator, so her English is perfect. Okay. Now I don't know why she came here, really, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, I'm still I'm still teaching. My next student is a French guy. He's coming next month, and then after that, I've got a, a teenage um, German girl coming as well. Okay. So you just do so, this, like- yeah. I, Sorry, you don't you don't teach out of school. You kind of do it out of out of your own home, kind of thing. And I do it uh, in my own home. People come and stay here for a week, two weeks, three okay. weeks, whatever. And basically, I'm their slave. I do all the cooking, washing, <laughs> teaching, everything. Wow! But I live on my own, so it's nice to actually you know break up the the I'm gonna say loneliness, but it makes a difference to have somebody here. Yeah, of course. It's nice. I like it. Um. If your Wikipedia page is to be believed, um, the Test Tube Babies, you guys formed in 1978, correct? 
That's correct. Yeah. Um, so next year is the 40th anniversary of your band, which is That's correct. pretty incredible. Is, do you have um, special plans for that? Or are you, is there anything you're going to do in particular? Well, um, what our manager is proposing is that we start our own festival. Wow. Next year. Yeah. Um, probably in Germany. Right. Uh, so at the moment we're looking into um, doing something in a year's time. So it will be September 2018. Okay. Uh, at the moment we're you know just we're just discussing it. Uh, I think he's booked a venue, and <clears throat> yeah, so we will be doing something. And, and maybe if it goes off, goes off okay, we can you know maybe do that the following year. Start you know for our own festival. Right. Lots of bands have done similar and have, have you know, carried it on record and gone with some success. The festival um, culture is pretty pretty huge over there in, in Europe, isn't it? Yeah. In fact, uh, last week <clears throat> we flew to Germany to, uh, to do a festival called I Can't Wait Until September. Okay. That was on the 1st. On Friday, I'm flying to Germany to do another festival, Saalstedt Open Air Festival. Um, it seems that most weekends during the summer, we are getting on a plane and going somewhere and doing festivals. And as I said before, I work at the Rebellion Festival. Yes. Um, what's the What's the key to surviving in the punk rock world for this long? I mean, there's, you know, a lot of... A lot of bands have come and gone over that time. There's a few, um, you know, specifically UK bands that I'm thinking of that have survived. You know, the UK Subs and Coxbar, bands like that, and you guys. Um, what uh, What's the secret? What's the secret to still doing I it 40 years not later? Don't take it too seriously. Yeah. Don't don't take things too seriously, and don't work yourself into the ground either. I mean, you know, we're not Iron Maiden. We might go out on a two year tour. <laughs> We do two days and we're knackered. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Anything more than two days is a tour to us. <laughs> so I, I think that our longevity—I mean, our long, our longevity—I don't know for other bands, but certainly for us is, is partly due to being quite lazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very inspirational. Well, I mean, this album is the first, the first new proper album with brand new songs in twelve years. Right. I mean, we. I mean, I do write songs all the time. I mean, I, you know, whenever I get an idea, I have a pen and paper by the side of my bed, and I'm continually writing songs. I'm not lazy in that way, but it might take a while for them to actually become songs, if you see what I mean. Yes, I understand. So yeah, I think our certainly for us, our longevity is is down to a, a, a lot of laziness. And but it's worked absolutely. And you've been with Dell since day one. Yeah, me and Dale went to school together. Yeah, um, so there must so be. So a... I've known Derek since we, yeah, since we were kids. Um, and he hosts a, a punk rock radio show, which is pretty cool. He does, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a very good show, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, and in the current scene in the, I won't keep you too much longer here, Peter. I know we've been talking for half an hour already, but uh, what are your thoughts of the current? Uh, scene in the UK? Are there bands that excite you that are that are new and young? Yeah. Or... Yeah, there's some great bands. I mean, Made of Ace, who actually appear in our video, you know, the girls? Yes, okay. 
Uh, do you know the band, Made of Ace? I don't, no. I will, I'm writing it down right now. Right, well, you know, in the scene in the limousine with the four girls, they're four sisters, would you believe? Oh, wow. And they, they're from Hastings, which is not far from where we live. So they're four girls, and they make, they're really, really good. They're doing really well. Um, and there's loads of other bands. There's a great band in Brighton called Scurvy. Yeah. Um, there are some great bands coming along. Yeah, the punk scene is alive and kicking and very healthy here. Nice. And it is, it is over here a little bit as well. I mean, and I, I think, again, back to the political climate, I think we're going to see more of this kind of... Uh, type of music becoming popular. I hope so anyway. That's what my what I I hope. <laughs> yeah, well I think with, as you as you've just as you've just alluded to, the political climate will actually invigorate more people to rebel and to feel pissed off. Yeah. So they might get up and start pl- hanging you know, playing out some tunes on guitars and things. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hope so. Yeah. Well Peter, I think that uh that pretty much does it for me. I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for, for a great chat. Okay, good luck. All right, have a great day. Thanks. Cheers. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This has been the Punk Show Podcast. If you'd like to hear more, including kick-ass punk music, go to thezone.fm slash punk. Oh, yeah. And be sure to check out the Punk Show on Facebook and Instagram.